Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Alright, happy Monday. It is May the 10th, coming off of Mother's Day weekend. And, uh, I'm tired, George. It was, a, it was an exhausting weekend. Man, I'm, I'm like, I woke up this morning and it was, I mean, first of all, it's raining. When it's raining, you don't want to get out of bed at all. And I'm like, wow, it was, it was some weekend. So we, we brought in some reinforcement. Yes, we did. So we got in some energy. We, pull, we, called, we called out to the bullpen. Uh, because we needed, you know, need an extra arm, an extra voice. So, uh, yeah. So for the first time on a Monday morning homeless, we have our, what we, what, who we hope to be one of our regular, uh, contributors here. And this is, we're going to introduce Izzy Ranella. Izzy is a, uh, I've known Izzy since I started here almost 10 years ago. And it's crazy to think I've, I've been here almost 10 years already. Uh, but she actually started off in our, in my youth group. And then we've traveled the world together for World Youth Day, and she's a catechist now. She's working next door at the school. Uh, so, Izzy, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. And she's Literally. got the energy. I, I mean, I just wanted to go over and strangle just with the energy of the good morning. I'm, she's sitting right next to me. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name's Izzy. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> we established that. But she, she, you had an interesting weekend, too, right? Yeah, it was But fun. what time did you go to sleep last night? At 9.15. I hate you. <laughs> Anyways, I was so tired. I didn't do anything yesterday. I was I was I was in the hospital giving anointing to the sick to something because that's what priests do on Sundays. What are you looking at me at with a strange face? What do you? That just what? it was a little scary to hear that. Well, priests do that, you know. It's we go. We I have know, to, somebody just... calls to get to anointing the sick. That's what we do. But we're glad to have Izzy here, and I called in a favor at the school to have you come over. So let's get this going because you got to go back to substitute teaching. She's like, no, we can take as long as we want here. No, but then the one who's covering for you is going to get mad at me. So True. let's do this. So like I said, it was Mother's Day weekend. We all we all know that it was a beautiful day yesterday, or actually it was a more beautiful day Saturday. Yesterday it was it was raining and whatnot, but but a beautiful day to be in the church. And how appropriate were those readings uh, for Mother's Day? And, and it was. Yeah. I don't think it was picked on purpose for for Mother's Day. It just happened. No, just that happened these readings on this cycle were were for Mother's Day, and and the readings, you know, there were, there were two themes that I emphasized, and that was the theme of joy. When Jesus says, "I tell you these things so that your my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete," and then Jesus saying, "There's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends, and and you are my friends if you do what I command you." And, the command is love one another as I have loved you. So there's so much to dissect in those readings, and I and I kind of did that and dovetailed it into the celebration of Mother's Day because what greater love is there? And I and I mentioned it. Whatever greater love is there than the love of a mother? And so it's wonderful that we have Izzy because Izzy, I since the day I got here, I've noticed this this young girl. You know now she's in the, she's a extraordinary minister of Holy Communion, so she sits in the front row. So I get to see her doing this. But even when she sat in the fourth, fifth, or sixth row, I would always no, notice that she would take copious notes when I was <laughs> preaching. And and doesn't not just me. Would any any time somebody it would be Father Uko or Father Omar or Father Stephen, she's taking notes. So you know those are our production notes for today's That's podcast. Um, so Izzy, chicken scratch of notes. Yeah. Yeah, but share with us. So instead of me, you know, giving the usual summary, what what do you, what did you, what do you have? What did you take out? 
What did you What did you gain from yesterday's homily? So for me, my homily journal, it is one of my favorite things I've been doing, like taking notes from my homilies for like maybe two years now. How many books are you up to? This is probably my sixth one. All right. Yeah. So, Don Bosco on the cover. That's it. Oh, yeah. My what, boy. What does it say in, in the front? It's my favorite quote. For you, I study. For you, I work. For you, I live. For you, I'm even ready to give my life. That's awesome. My boy, Don Bosco. I'm a little biased because John Bosco is my yeah, patron, you were, you my birth born, patron. You were born on your son, he Don Bosco. He's a good guy. And there's a picture of him outside my bedroom door. Nice. Yeah, he's dead, though. It's a picture of his corpse, <laughs> of his uncorrupted. I mean, but that's, I was there and I left it there, but I'm sorry. She's laughing hysterically. All right, Lizzie, let's bring okay, it back. So, Here we go. <laughs> um, what I do with my, when I listen to a homily, I basically put the opening line of what the precess, on so this case, what Father Manny said yesterday, and the last line. And then in the middle, it's all chicken scratch, but I understand it. I'm going to be honest. Um, so for me, what I took out the most and which I'm surprised I didn't underline anything yesterday. I only I underlined things when they're really important, but I was you were going too fast and but me going father fast was never. going fast. Never yeah, okay. no. My head and my hands sometimes don't <laughs> go together, so yeah. I miss a lot of words. So the sacrificial love and that's how we saw it in the gospel yesterday. Um and how you all said it really does fall on a good day, especially on Mother's Day. And then you said the quote from Oh, I love the, this quote. The, yeah, if you, if you can from see From the Cardinal? It. Yeah, yes. from the Cardinal. Oh, I got it here. It yeah. is a beautiful quote, and I think everyone needs to hear that. Again, yeah. if you haven't heard it yes, if you right. heard it yesterday. Right. Yesterday, I, I used a quote from Cardinal Joseph uh, Mincenti, who was a Hungarian cardinal. And the story behind him, he was uh, persecuted during the Nazi occupation of Hungary. This is a lot, it parallels a lot to Cardinal Gotila and Pope John Paul II, who who was persecuted during the Nazi occupation, and per, but you know, and then obvi obviously during the communist occupation. But Cardinal Joseph a little bit, a little bit more because he he, I believe he had to go to a concentration camp, so obviously survived it, and then was put in prison by the communists, and uh, eventually at the end of his life was exiled to Austria. So this is what he said about mothers: the most important person on earth is a mother. She cannot claim the honor of having built Notre Dame Cathedral. She need not. She has built something more magnificent than any cathedral, a dwelling for an immortal soul, the tiny perfection of her baby's body. The angels have not been blessed with such a grace. They cannot share in God's creative miracle to bring you saints to heaven. Only a human mother can. Mothers are closer to God, the creator, than any other creature. God joins forces with mothers in performing this act of creation. What on God's good earth is more glorious than this, to be a mother? Huh? You like that, huh? It was really good. For me, it hit a little more home. Why? Um, Go ahead. That's why we brought you on specifically for this <laughs> podcast um, today after Mother's Day. Go ahead. Tell your um, story. Uh, should I, I go get the tissues? Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> um, I am blessed. Um, I was adopted by my mom and my dad, Gordy and Chubbs. They are the best parents ever. But for me on Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday, everything hits home because I reflect back on how grateful I am that my birth parents, my mother, I don't know the backstory, that said yes to life. And yes, she she held, she held me in her womb. She must have been difficult for her. Again, don't know. But the how you said that mothers are really the closest thing to God as a creator in, and how they hold they 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 have you in their wombs and then they make you they're trying to make you saints again my mother 
gave said yes but my mom Gordy Paulina um she's the one that has raised me my father too with an incredible faith and really a great life and they're the ones that make me that prepare me to be saints um hope maybe not saint with a capital s but at least saint here with the lowercase s here on earth and I try to do that every day. And that's what that sacrificial love, how I mentioned earlier, is one thing that, that stuck out to me and uh, preparing to be saints for heaven. So um, it hits home a little bit, but I'm grateful for all the blessings and really, again, trying to be a saint here as much as I can every day. Of, of course, it's hard. Some days I'm really tired and angry, but... <laughs> Usually at us, but yeah. that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I'm grateful. She and keeps us on her toes. No, but what 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 he said, what the cardinal said was, mothers share in God's creative miracle to bring new saints to heaven. Mm-hmm. And your story is like, of course, your your mother in Ecuador, you know, said yes to you, and then was it you were adopted how, how old I was you? three months you were three months when my parents first saw me and then at six months i was officially so and that and the beauty of, of 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 your birth mother of saying yes to you and then saying you know what even though i can't have but you look at this and you say it's, it's like your mother and we know your mother she's, she's she's sweet she's wonderful we love her she's checking up on you at nine o'clock at night and go where are you Wherever you may, and she knows that you're with us, sure. but she yeah. thinks that you're out at a club somewhere in uh, in South Beach, but you're in church. But um, but that's why we love her so much. But that's the beauty of of, of motherhood. It is, and it is. and and so that's why we wanted to have you today. And not only to discuss the readings, but to, just to discuss that aspect <laughs> of it because you have such a unique point of view it about is. it. And seeing that sacrificial love, my parents—they've been married almost fifty years. I have my sister, my brother, who passed away before I ever met him. Um, so they, they, they know firsthand really how to, to lose a son. And then again, as my mom said, you were the light that came back into this house. That came, that, the, the light that lit up this house once again. And they do everything for me. That's a nice light. It really, not because they're my parents, but they, they are awesome. That self-giving love, that self-giving love I really get from my, my dad, I tend, I call myself, I hope, I know, I think I am a giving person as much as I can you be. You are. Um, so I learned that from my dad and that sacrificial love. I get that from my mother. I try to do, I try to be the best person I can be for my friends, for my family, for others, for my coworkers, for the kids at, at the school. Um, and really, again, selfless. I don't know where you mentioned it. See, I have self-giving, comma, selfless, comma, sacrificial <laughs> love. Don't know my skin. My, That's my okay. No, but it was just—it was all about mm-hmm. when I was mentioning those things. It was all just basically describing love, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like going back because I—I use this gospel pretty much in every wedding that I do, and of course, because the brides always choose one Corinthians thirteen, even though they don't exactly. understand what it means I sometimes. It. You need to read the whole. Chapter. Yeah, no, no, you need to read the whole amazing. chapter. But I go, why? I sometimes ask them, why do you choose that? Oh, because it's pretty. It's poetic. I go, yeah, but. Delve deeper. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not brooding. It's not self It just has no self-interest. Love has to be sacrificial. Love has to be you abandoning yourself for the other, which is what your parents do for you. The parents do for all, because we're, we're, we're all blessed that all our, our parents are alive. What our parents do for us all the time, but especially our mothers. And, and Father, if I, if I could just uh, jump in here really quick, not just Paulina, but mm-hmm. really her birth mother. You right. Know, we talk about sacrificial love and and I mean, the ultimate sacrifice was was 
you know, recognizing whatever the story was yeah. for, for Izzy, it, you know, I can't raise her, uh, but I want to give her, you know, a good right. life. And, and again, we don't know the exact backstory. And, and recognizing, because Izzy, you know, Izzy had the mic drop so- sign when we went to the March for Life yeah. last year uh, in January 2020. And... I don't know. I forget the exact. Phrase. I saw that picture the other day. Literally two days ago, I it's, saw that picture. I wrote, "I'm adopted and I love my life." I'm pretty exactly. Sure so for for we're there. We're trying to stand up for the unborn. We're trying to stand up for all those who were probably all mothers who were probably in the same situation as your birth mother, and didn't have didn't make the same decision. You know. So what a joy and you know. I can't picture this parish without Izzy because Izzy's such such a part of the fabric of this parish, and she was part. You know, she she wrote an article and a reflection that was beautifully done uh, for um, for our website on the archdiocese, and it just it just shows you the the witness that she gave, and the, and and listen, like her, there were so many others Absolutely. in the because I've seen them over the years of the March for Life who say my mother said yes, and I'm adopted, and I and now I'm part of incredible family and because my mother said yes and so when you think about motherhood and you think about that sacrifice you think about and and i talked about i wove in you know the sacrifices of virgin mary because all the things that she had to endure during her life just so that her son could accomplish them her his mission all the way to seeing him die on the cross so and i and i didn't do that at 10 30 minutes but i did tie it in at, at the 5 30 minutes being that mary no shares the joys of mothers who you know are joyful when they have their their children you know their newborn child in their arms but mary also shares just like your mom and just like my mom knows the what it means to lose a child because she held his lifeless you know body in 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 his hand in her hands so so many things that that you could digest yesterday really so many things and at the end of mass i told since i was serving yesterday my mom wasn't next to me I told her, like, that homily kind of hit home. She says, I know. I thought of you the whole time. <laughs> and that's just, like, again, you don't have to be blood to be family. You just know how much you love each other. And she knew that I wasn't, I don't know if you saw me crying, but I was crying. No. Was it the homily? Was it the homily? Or the, homily yeah. Izzy, okay, you were sorry. crying. Yeah, There's a, there's a, there's a, a 10-year joke I have with Izzy. That <laughs> I just look at her funny and she's No, but I, but I don't know. I, I guess I wasn't <laughs> looking straight at you or, you know, okay, I'm looking at, looking at the, the entire church. But, yeah. but Izzy, you're onto something uh, very profound there. You said you don't have to be blood to be family. You know, and and in the gospel, Jesus himself says, you know, I no longer call you slaves. You know, because I'm showing you everything. You know, I'm... You, you know everything that's going on. I'm going to tell you straight out. You know, and he says, you know, what gr- greater love is there than to lay down one's life for one's friends? And, and even then, it, it should have probably been uh, to lay down one's life for one's brothers because he's basically, you know, saying, we're family here. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not, you're not a slave. You're not, you're not just a friend. You're now my brothers and my sisters and, and my family. Um, so, you, you know, that, that what you just said there is very profound uh, with not just the theme of yesterday, uh, but really what Jesus Christ comes to do, uh, you know, to make us all his adopted brothers and sisters, to make us a family. And from the point of view of a priest, that line is so important because, you know, we have no family of our own, but we belong to every family. And we make everyone part of our family. And to me, that's so important because, you know, this, uh, this during this week, uh, this past weekend, we, we ordained eight new men, and we, we had to pray for them. 
Yeah, I know that was that was great. You know, no anybody from LaSalle? No. No. Okay. Uh, but anyways, I'm and just can we just say that again? Because that's fantastic. Eight no, new eight guys. Like, that's that's. Uh, that's awesome. We had no, we had. I think we had eight a couple of years ago. But we've been that, ordering some big classes. Norm. It's not the norm. I was one. I was one of seven uh, 19 years ago tomorrow, and uh, that was and that was big. Before that, uh, there was there was 11 in 1993. Father Chris Marino's class. And uh, I, th I believe we had seven or eight a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking out on that. Father Flores' class was? Father Flores' class was pretty big. Um, so anyways, so we've been, or been ordained, and that's thanks to the prayers of the people of God. But this this gospel, which was read at the day, on the day of my ordination, that's why, that's why it's so special this to gospel? me. Yep. You're the awe. See that? I knew, we were going to get an awe from Izzy I knew, at some point <laughs> during the podcast. So, but that's why it's so special to me. But for a priest... To be able to hear those words because, yes, not only are you my friends, you're my family. And, you know, that's why it's so hard for us when we, and, and so hard for the people of God, and a lot of people have experienced that during these weeks when someone gets transferred, a priest gets transferred from one parish to another. You know, it's like a part of the parish or part of your family is leaving. And for the priest, even more, I always tell, say to people when I, when I move, I go, I go, yeah, I mean, You guys get to stay together. I have to go off by myself. But what's beautiful is the people of God, wherever you go, always embrace you. And so, and that's part of that sacrificial love, is that I'm not only called to love the people of the Church of Little Flower. I'm called to love everybody, the entire church. And so whether I was at Immaculate or Divine Providence or at St. Gregory or at Mary Help Christians or at St. Brendan or at St. Agnes or at Mother, St. Agatha or at Mother Christ or at Prince of Peace, or you see all the places I've been. I think you missed one. I miss one. No, I don't. I don't I'm, know. No, I, 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 I trust you've me. Like a dozen I, I've been well in, ni in 19 years. Let's just keep you around here for a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we hope for. Archbishop <laughs> Wenske, if you're listening, please do not hold this against me. But uh, no, eight eight moves, and in in uh, I I did miss one because it was in a parish, which was when I was what Fowler used to call was pastor of the seminarians when I was vocations director nice. for three years, and that's when I met the young man in front of me. So, um, but that's. But that's part of that love, is that we love the people of God so much. And it is centered in the Eucharist, because whenever we would move, Bishop Roman used to tell us, you know, all you need is an altar, because that's where the people of God congregate, and that's where we encounter Jesus Christ. And that's where we encounter each other every Sunday, and where this word comes alive, because we're doing it in the context of the Eucharist. Now, be before we wrap up this, uh, this section of the podcast, since you mentioned it, And I, it was a shame that we weren't able to get a bulletin printed this weekend. Uh, but Father Omar wrote a, an absolutely beautiful column. Uh, I know we, we printed out some in-house uh, you know, uh, ha handouts to give to the people as they came in, but there weren't nearly enough. Uh, but if, if you have the chance, go online and read Father Omar's column this weekend. Uh, because, you know, and most of us know his, uh, this past year he lost his mother. Um, so... So he wrote, and we'll have to pull up the text here in a minute, uh, but he, he kind of reflected on this is his first Mother's Day without his mother. Uh, but at the very end of that column, and it's something that he said at the, at the funeral mass, uh, and it's a beautiful line, and it's something that I often share with the First Communion parents as well uh, when I talk a little bit about my story, is, is he says, Mom, I'll see you in the Eucharist. Because we see all of our deceased brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. You know, George lost, you know, two children, in the, at, you know, right after childbirth. So he encounters them every time he receives Holy Communion. And I texted his wife right after Mass, and I said, using that line from that quote, 
Thank you for bringing two saints. For, thank you for creating. Yeah, you're, George, you were yeah, kind of part of saints. You were part bit. of that. You're a little I, part I, of that, I, I but she gave birth to them. <laughs> so, but you know, but it was, but it's such a beautiful line because you know, they're saints. You know, and I, and, I, and 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 it's so beautiful what what Father Omar said because you know I, I have the I have the text in front of me. You know, he says, for some of us, this day might, might not be as joyful as for others because our mother has gone to heaven. For me personally, this is the first time I will not be able to tell my mom how much I love her. I will not be able to see her smile as I give her flowers. I will not be able to see her cry when she reads her, the Mother's Day card I brought her. Nonetheless, the love for my mother remains alive. She may not be with me physically, but she is with me spiritually. I still feel her love for me in my heart. I still hear her voice telling me what to do and what to avoid. And, and then he goes on to say, even though she's, he's still trying to cope with not having her physically present, I know that we will always meet at the banquet of the Lord in the Eucharist when heaven and earth come together to share the glory of our Savior and Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ. As I receive him and become one with him, I know my mother shares with him and becomes also one with him. That is the joy of the resurrection we all share in Christ Jesus, which we're still celebrating this Easter. So, I mean, I remember my mother, she said she read it late last night because she had the, the bulletin insert with her. And I may have to reprint that for next week because it was just so good. Uh, because uh, I asked him, I was, I was praying about it last week, and I usually I would you know sit down on Monday morning after I record this and I write the column. But I was like, you know, Father Omar may have a different take on Mother's Day, which a lot of people, it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a hard day. It's a hard day, and I was discussing this with your wife. There's our mention of Angie uh, this there week. It is. We didn't, we didn't I do hate one you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what she'll text us. Uh, but I was talking to, you know, to Angelica last week because, you know, for some people, it's, it's because they lost their mom or it's because they've lost children or it's because they can't conceive. And we mentioned all of those. Yeah. We touched on all of that during the prayer of the faithful yesterday because, you know, we have to be sensitive to that. But at the same time, extol the virtues of the moms and grandmas that we have there that sacrifice. There's a lot of grandmothers Oh, yeah. that have to take on the role of mother because of things going on with their daughters. And we can't, we can't you know, there's a day is set aside for grandmothers on, on the Feast of St. Joachim and St. Anne in July, which we don't celebrate nearly enough as much as we do Mother's Day or Father's Day. We have to extol those grandparents that have to take on the role of their children who can't fulfill the role as parents, and they do so much, and we thank God for that. All right, so Izzy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm uh, so happy to be here. We're gonna I have to get a back. we're gonna have to get a special graphic for Izzy Days. Yay! <laughs> Izzy I, days. That was my idea. I'll make it. Well, no, but we we have we have production people, Carly, that are that would we'll work on that. But uh, Izzy, thank you so much for sharing your story. And and again, everyone, you know, go back and read the 15th chapter, the whole the whole chapter, because it starts off with last week's gospel. I am the vine, you are the branches, which we got into in last week's podcast. The entire, because this is Jesus, the night, um, the night before he died, he's talking to his disciples, and if I could bring it full circle, Jesus talks to us about joy, the joy that he wants to share with us. And I started the homily saying, it's probably there in your notes, about saying, how do we perceive God? And is, do we perceive God as a vengeful God, as an angry God, as a stern God, or do we perceive God as a joyful God? What do you, what do you write? How many times do we picture a joyful God, the joy that he wants to share with us, um... And then how you mentioned how there's really no um, no line of Jesus laughing in the Bible. There, there isn't because we hear Jesus weeping. We hear Jesus, you know, he gets angry with, with, with the people in the temple when they're, you know, making, you know, a marketplace there and he has to cleanse the temple. But 
what I said in the homily yesterday is like, you know, and it's, there's a picture in, in my office of Jesus laughing because when you, when you look at all the things that the apostles did, all the times that Peter said something he wasn't supposed to say, Jesus just had to laugh. And, you know, and I said, you know, and I, and I got a great response from, 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 the, from the congregation. I go, because we were listening to rain falling down around us. Rain, it was like It was pouring. pouring. And I go, like, for example, you know, the old refrain says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. How many of <laughs> you plan to have an outdoor brunch or something with your parent, with your, with your mother today? And, and pretty much there with that. And, the, and everybody was, was, was there. Uh, come on, Jesus had all the power in the universe. You don't think he, he pulled a few tricks on his, uh, on his friends? So, so yeah, well, I don't know about that, but, but the thing is that that joy is what we must take. So take that joy of the gospel, take it with you, share in that sacrificial love, and remember that when it comes to being a Christian, we do this joyfully, we have to lay down our lives for our friends. We have to lay down our lives for the church, for the gospel at all times. And Jesus will reward us, and we thank our mothers as we end this Mother's Day weekend for giving us that joy of our faith. All right, we're talking hockey and soccer today. We may get to the heat, but we have on the phone our wonderful keyboard player from the call from our 530 Mass, CJ Kitoa, who I've known since he was born. And by the way, happy belated birthday, CJ, who had a birthday this past Saturday. Sorry. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Saturday. Uh, Father George, awesome to be here talking with you guys. All right, so CJ, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs start this week, but tonight the Panthers play for home ice against, I'm trying very hard not to insult them when I introduce them, the Tampa Bay Lightning are mortal enemies. CJ, what happened? In the, if nobody saw the third period on, on, on their game on Saturday, which the Panthers destroyed Tampa Bay 5-1. Five to, five to what happened in that third period, and why is Tampa so upset with us? Well, I think what happened is the playoffs started. Oh, the my goodness. The started in the third period. <laughs> That's awesome. No, and if, it, if that's going to be a playoff series, it's going to be an epic play because it's potentially nine straight games. And I said that on the broadcast. But so now we play for home ice today and the Stanley Cup playoffs start this week. Now it's us. If we beat them, we probably pick Carolina and whoever they beat. Why can't we beat Carolina? We've had trouble with them all year. I Listen, if I had the answer to that, I think I would call Coach Q right now because they've had our number all season long. I don't know if Trocek took the playbook on the way out, but we have not <laughs> been able to crack the code. I think the last time we played them, we did win. I think we did, yeah. Which hopefully is, is a good omen uh, moving forward. You know, maybe that'll start the uh, spark some confidence between the lines and, you know, give us uh, some good momentum moving forward with them. But. I wouldn't look too far forward. I no, no. We gotta... I wouldn't take this, this lightning series too too. The Stanley Cup champions. Stanley Cup champions, a lot of bad blood, and I'm sure they're uh, they're a little bitter about the uh, the uh, the can of whoop, you know. Whoop yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our callers, they, they don't they don't mince words. Last week they did it, and, and this week they don't. All right, so that's the playoffs. Tonight's game's gonna be amazing. Uh, I'm gonna be watching it from start to finish because that's gonna be just a crazy game. And then the playoffs start, and then everything gets crazy because overtime, there's no shootout. 
it's you you skate until somebody scores and i remember the fourth game of the stanley cup finals in 96 when we went against colorado i was up till one o'clock in the morning until somebody got one by beezer and and that was just gut wrench even though we knew we were going to lose the cup but inner miami i didn't see the second half of the game you did you were bitter when you showed up for mass yesterday because um i forgot who scored the equalizer but I did see that on replay. Lewis Morgan. Lewis Morgan scored. But that's not what had you. That's not what had you. something had you riled up, and it was a handball. So t- take us through that. All right. So we've been struggling a little bit offensively, I'd say, during the the beginning part of the season. And Atlanta is a pretty good team. They got Joseph Martinez back. Surprised we only hold them to one goal. That's a that to me that's a positive in my book. So we're fighting clawing our way back. And Gonzalo Higuain gets a ball in open space, right? Amazing. Not as fast as he used to be. Nope. But he's coming down the field, makes a good move, cuts left, gets the defender on skates, shoots the ball, and in a last-ditch attempt, the defender slides forward, but his arm has to be at shoulder height, parallel to his leg. The ball clearly comes off his arm, goes flying over the goal, I'm kind of more, I'm confused why Iguain did not petition for a handball. Maybe he didn't see it. He just thought that it deflected out of bounds, which they did end up giving us a corner. But even then, the referee took it to VAR. I mean, even the announcers, I think it was uh, Alejandro Moreno from ESPN, was talking for the next 15 minutes about how that was the worst call he's ever seen in his life. Wow. That was a clear and obvious handball. The ball went up. I think it flew out of the stadium even. That, that that man has seen a lot of soccer, so you were you were really upset because, and in fact, at the end of the, I I did see the end of the match, and they were in the referee's face, even then. So, but I mean, Inter's got fight. I mean, they went up to that win they had against Philly in Philly, was pretty impressive. The Higuain scoring that, coming back, you know, and and scoring that, and they held their own against Nashville, and you know they got fight, and they played Montreal on Wednesday, so they have a rare midweek match this week. So, Inter Miami they've shown fight. Strong fight. Uh, we've had a few players out with injury. I think we're still trying to find our identity as a team. You know, uh, first year with our new coach, and so we're trying to figure it out as we go. I know. Uh, you know, we've been Federico Iguain actually has been a big impact player off the bench. He came in yesterday and maybe turned the team around. There was a lot more direction, very aggressive play. So I think uh, you know, and that that call yesterday, going back to it. You know, it makes it makes a huge difference in the standings. Right now, I think we're in seventh place. But if we win that game yesterday, we move all the way up to third. That's you know, it's it's a really really tight Eastern Division. So little calls like that, I think, will go a long way, especially not only in the standings, but as you know, affecting the team's confidence moving forward. All right. So now let's let's finish off with the Heat. If anybody's still listening after us talking hockey and soccer, thank you for staying with us. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but. The Heat had a huge game against Boston. We destroyed well. We destroyed them in the first half and held on for dear life in the second half. We were up by twenty six. Uh, I was going to say twenty six runs, twenty six points of mixing baseball and and basketball. But huge one against Boston tomorrow because we're two up on them. But we want to get the tiebreaker on them because we don't have a tiebreaker against Charlotte. We don't have a tiebreaker against uh, Atlanta. So it's huge. But we play Milwaukee and we play Philadelphia going on the stretch. But do the are the Heat coming together? You think you see the Heat coming together now? 
I think they're finally figuring it out. Tyler Hero's back healthy. He's been making a huge difference in the last two games. That's your fiance's boy. But I think we really, yes. Yeah, don't, <laughs> let's not talk about him too much. Um, the, uh, the biggest issue I still have is we need to figure out this third quarter problem. Oh, but we CJ, up, even before uh, you were born, they always had a third quarter problem. Halftime, yeah. And uh, I was talking with, with my fiance's family. I go, get ready because the third quarter is coming. <laughs> and actually, yesterday, the third quarter wasn't the problem. <laughs> we were up 21 points in the fourth quarter. And I think it got down to as close as six with like a minute to go. And that's how the game ended, six, yeah. That's how the game ended. So, uh, but I was watching, I was. I mean, I went, I, I mean, I basically turned off and started watching the other games because I go, this game's over at halftime. I go, there's no way Boston, Boston has never been down by that much at home, whether they're at TD Garden or in the old Boston Garden ever by that many points. And they still made made it again. No, I think they got it to as close as four, maybe at one point. But just uh, the feet. Maybe it would. They need to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. All right. So do but you? I, mean, yeah. I, I trust Spo. I know Jimmy Butler's gonna hit a switch coming into the playoffs. So I have a, I have some good uh, good hope that they're clicking at the right time. All right. So I we weren't gonna mention Marlins, but we have to do this because. Do you have any hope? In Lewis Brinson, <laughs> I want to say no, but he had a but good every week. Now and then, he's looking every good. Now he, and then, he little puts flashes. Together a little game like that. He had a good game yesterday. He needs to string some. He needs to string some games together. You know, really get the uh, turn the fan base around. But it's it's tough. You know, he'll go two for three, and then he'll go over twelve the next couple <laughs> the next couple games. But I'm rooting for him. You know, wouldn't be a Marlins fan if I if I wasn't. <laughs> Jorge has a his wife gave him was it a full jersey? No, it's a, a one of the t-shirts. Okay, because Jorge has a and he was going if Lewis oh, with Brinson, his old number because he switched numbers. Oh, he did switch numbers, but Lewis Brinson had an at bat before he went into before he went to extras. Bottom of the ninth. Bottom of the ninth. Two outs. Two outs, and he could he he could have won the game right there. It was a tie game. You know, he had a home run earlier that I have no idea how that left the yard. His mom was there. It was perfect. I go, this is perfect. The redemption story, and I was ready to go get the T-shirt out of the donate pile. And he, <laughs> and he I think he struck uh, out. He struck out. He yeah. struck out, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a, and it wasn't a pretty one either. No, it was not. A, I mean, when he got to two strikes, I go, he's done. But, and then, Jorge and I, and, and this, we could this, this is a conversation because Jorge and I despise the runner at second rule in extra. We could devote a whole podcast to because this. that's not baseball. I mean, we lost because of that. I mean, it's just simple as that. But that's just me. I'm the purest. I'm the purest. I don't, I'm a I, fan. No, I, I'm a fan of the rule. Just, it makes it exciting. You know? uh, that's why I, I mean, wanted... It, it I, also go, lets me go to sleep at a, at a normal time. All right, but here's, here's my thing. Put it, put it starting in the 12th inning. You know, give them, give them two more innings to, to see what happens. I like yesterday's game. Milwaukee, two outs. They scored on a on an excuse me swing that that just cleared the second baseman's head. It was a Texas leaguer, and, yeah. And that was that yeah. de- decided a game in in Major League Baseball. That's and, and you're talking about standings earlier. I mean, the Marlins should be around. They're around 500. They should be at 500 because oh, I mean. I, I know for the younger generations, you know, I'm I'm sitting here, you know, doing the get off my 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 yard speech, but that and and 
the, the I, I could deal with a seven inning doubleheader. Okay, I could deal with that because you know what, you, taxes pitchings. You want to get games in. I could deal with that. But the runner at second, I mean, because it's not gonna. It's just like you know, NHL they adapted it before you had to play overtime, five minute overtime, or say tie. They put the shootout in. Fine with that. Okay, but again, I wasn't born an NHL fan. I was born a, a Major League Baseball fan. I don't like it. Right now, I'm I'm literally. CJ, I'm talking to you. I'm doing the Stu Gatz mannerisms as I'm talking. Okay, I'm putting my arm in the air and just, you know, and just going like this because not a fan of it. So, I mean, you, but you and I got into it after Matt yesterday about, about that. That's why I, I asked the question. I mean, I'm, I'm personally a fan. I think, you know, if you're not going to have a, a uh, standing system like NHL or like soccer that, that's point-based, it makes no. it difficult to alter the rules because then there's always going to yeah. be people saying, well, if the rule was the same, you know, we'd have a lot more wins. When it's only wins and losses, I agree, it makes a huge difference. It does. However, in hockey, they, they can change the rules pretty much as much as they want because you win, you get two points, you lose, you get zero, and if you get it to overtime, you get a point. So, yeah. yes, at the end of the day, one point can make a difference. I mean, it happened to the Panthers a few years ago. I think they scored like 95 points in the end of at the end of the year. They didn't make they the playoffs. They broke the NHL record for most points without making it to the playoffs. Kind of like crazy. to the Dolphins last year. Yeah, 10 but, wins. They didn't make the playoffs. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a rough go as a Miami sports fan for the last few and, years. Yeah, but I mean, but we were spoiled and, with the Heat there for a while, so tranquilo. We yeah, were. yeah, that too. All right. CJ, and, thank you for joining us. We will talk. Uh, at length, hopefully deep into the Stanley Cup fi- uh, playoffs and to the finals. Yeah, the finals. I'll take the finals. I'll take the finals, sure. Get the rats out of storage. All right, TJ, thank you so out. much. Looking forward to talking to you guys again. God bless. All right, we thank CJ for joining us. And, and Jorge, just to tie a bow on that Lewis print, because last week I was like, you know, I was going through the lineup that we had against Scurzer. And we got the sigh. You know, we're, I, we're having a lot of Adam Duvall moments we on this are, podcast. But, we just have to keep trashing everybody. By the way, on Wednesday, I did go to the game, and Duvall came up. And every time he came to play, I was just trashing him out loud. So thank, I wasn't dressed as a priest. I mean, I was there in my Marlins jersey and, you know, just saying, Duvall, you stink. You don't belong in the majors. And boom, hits a home run. It's working. It's working. So let's I mean, go. Let's keep so who we Brinson, trashing today. I mean, Brinson, in the last week, is batting 348 uh, with a slugging percentage of 696. I don't know why Major League Baseball doesn't put OPS on their stats, but uh, and has two home runs and has driven to four. So he is... Uh, Have I mean, a weak Lewis Brinson. Sweet he, Lou, here we go. Sweet Lou. I mean, listen, we want to root for him. He's a Coral Springs boy. You know, we want to root for local talent. And, you know, we got him back for uh, for Christian Yelich, and, and he went on to win an MVP. So, you know, Lewis, come on. So I don't know uh, Isan Diaz, but Isan yeah, Diaz belongs no, to No, you know, you know who we, yeah, we need to get rid of Isan Diaz. That guy just no, but just no, get out of here. And and nothing but nothing but um, tonight going back to he NHL, did hit the grand slam, but that's like his Isan Diaz. Yeah, I know that's but, like his but, highlight of the season right there. Get, anybody throws you know gets a hold of a cookie and just gets it out of there, but it's like. You know, but the Marlins have played exciting baseball. They've lost a lot of one-run games, so they've 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 lost a lot of baseball games like that. And you know, but it's a tight division because thankfully everybody else stinks in a division. That's baseball, though. That's why we love it. That that is why we love it. So uh, we want to thank Izzy for joining us. We want to thank uh, we want to thank CJ for joining us and offering the the inside. I just pray people got through the soccer and through the end because it was so exciting yesterday and tonight's NHL game. 
Panthers, I mean, and he said it, he said it right. That third period, the playoffs started. Tonight they're playing for home ice, and they're going to drop the gloves. And they were, I, I was texting, there's got to, there had to have been at least 10 fights. It was just, I mean, as a so hockey the, fan. So they'll be double that tonight. So it was, it was, it was glorious, glorious to watch. And, um, we got so much going on. By the way, for our, for our friends here at the Church of Little Flower, tonight we have our outdoor rosary. We're praying that the rain stays away. That's at 7.30 tonight. I, we're recording this on Monday, May 9th. 10th. Excuse me, May 10th, sorry. And on Thursday, May 13th, uh, we have Our Lady of Fatima celebration. That Mass starts at 7 o'clock. The servants of the pierced hearts of Jesus and Mary uh, will be celebrating that Mass with us. So come on out. They have a huge, sta- beautiful statue of Our Lady of Fatima that um that we have that they have they're going to bring over and then we're going to crown her and do the prayer of consecration so if you've been doing the, the novena for consecration to our lady fatima please keep doing that and you can come to mass at seven o'clock on on thursday and we have that going on so many things going on in our parish we are just so blessed that uh that we have you know so many things going on that we're coming back to ministerial life here in the parish so uh, we want to end with one more prayer for our moms because Mother's Day is not enough. We had to honor our moms every day. And I have to say something about your mom because I was over at her house on Monday. I mean, on Saturday, she was worried that I didn't eat enough. I mean, Cuban mom. Exactly. And and he not thank you so much for trying to feed me. And, you know, it was great. I was picking at some chicharrones that were there, which my Those car- were good. Those were very good. And I pray my cardiologist is not listening <laughs> to this. But thank you to all my moms and to my mom. It was great having dinner with you last night. And I love you. And now let's uh, let's finish this up with a prayer for our mothers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, today I turn to you to give you thanks for my mother. With your own gift of life, she bore me in her womb and gave me life. She tenderly, patiently cared for me and taught me to walk and talk. She read to me and made me laugh. No one delighted my successes more. No one could comfort me better in my failures. I am so grateful for how she mothered me and mentored me and even disciplined me. Please bless her, Lord, and comfort her. Help her loving heart to continue to love and give of herself to others. Strengthen her when she is down and give her hope when she is discouraged. Most of all, Lord, give my mother the graces she most needs and desires today. I ask you this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.